artist we know is Aiden. Kyle. We're here with Jake. Uh, yep. So how much did their shares go down? So coronavirus, we were just kind of chatting about it and uh, 30% sales for Corona beer, I believe, are down 30% because of this virus. Something like that, yeah. So It's just like, is it just a weird name association or like do people think they're going to get the virus from drinking it? Or like? I, I don't know. I mean, like, even if you don't think you're going to get the virus from doing it, I can imagine like you feel like there's like some weird like voodoo, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, yeah. you know, like it's, it's everywhere. So, you know, yeah. like, well, be cause you know, you're going to blame it. If you, you know, if, yeah. if you have Corona the weekend before you wake up on Monday and you're sick, yeah. you know what I mean? You're, of course you're going to yeah, blame you it might. unfairly, but yeah. like, it's, it's just like, you don't want to tempt fate with it. I okay. Think, but you know? if there was a Modelo and a Corona in front of you right now, which one would you take? I'd take the Modelo really. <laughs> and, and I am, and I'm, I'm a very like skeptical, like, I, I, I consider myself a skeptic, but even so, like there's just this tiny yeah. thing. But I also prefer Modelo anyway. Yeah, so. same. What if, uh, yeah, what if they just started naming viruses after companies? <laughs> That'd be kind of just funny. to purposely tank their. Yeah. I mean, I could I can imagine that this could actually be that could be pretty manipulative for the markets. To be honest, I mean, yeah. like, Walmart let's name virus. it. Yeah. Walmart the virus. Walmart virus. Yeah, let's name it the Walmart virus, <laughs> and now we just take the sales. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what's crazy is like, I mean, even the stock market like, yeah. took uh, the biggest dive since what, like two thousand eight or something. Like I that. think was it in history. Oh, in I history, don't know. It was Probably. like the biggest one or two day drop in history yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, that's nuts. Over a virus, which is crazy. Yeah, but it has to do with like jobs and well yeah and, and they can't import stuff. certain goods yeah, from yeah. Places, so there's it's all everything's and i mean i've heard rumblings of like if it really started to get bad they would have to shut down like schools and like businesses like you you'd pretty much be like everyone would have to stay home yeah well that's what it is in china so some of the like some of my students have been saying that like they i don't think any of the ones that i have directly live in like the wuhan area but they were saying that, like, they have, like, relatives or something, and when they talk to them, pretty much, like, literally people are not going outside. Like, they just, like, like the government comes and, like, brings, like, big bags of, like, like rice and just, like, basic food items, right? And they're mm -hmm. all, like, in their hazmat gear, and nobody, like, like leaves their house. Like I'll just be afraid to breathe the air, even. I feel well, like they, I, mean, I, I wouldn't want to go like, Yeah, because I think that's how it, it is uh, airborne, I think. Is it? The first it's the same as the flu, I think. Yeah. The first death in the U.S. just happened a couple of days ago, right? Yeah, in Washington well, State. Yep. Like a 50-year-old male, I think. I thought he was younger. No, I think he was like in his 50s. Okay. So is this just like... I know you're not a doctor either, but like, is this just like... <laughs> you guys didn't bring me on the show for my expert medical expertise on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is this? Is it only like our, our kids and the elderly... The ones who are like the most. I think it's the that's what the flu is too. Yeah. Right? But the difference is that this is this is from my expert medical <laughs> <laughs> advice via via the news yeah. was that the the flu, for example, like the the mortality rate is like point zero one percent, right? So basically, if you get the flu, that's the percent chance you have. Yeah. Right. But that means that people with compromised immune systems or children or you know elderly mm -hmm. people are much more likely. But this is apparently two percent, so it's about two hundred times. Like, yeah. so that means like basically two hundred times more people mm -hmm. could potentially, well, yeah. could potentially, okay. depending on you know, 
Yeah. I, I heard a but that, I mean, that's what I've heard. I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I heard, I heard a weird. It's been a statistic. long time since I worked for the CDC. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a weird statistic that said, um, when all this is said and done, they think like seven out of ten people will be infected on Earth, or like have had Jeez. it. Yeah, will have had it. Okay. I mean, that's like that's wild. Think of all the people on Earth. Although I guess a lot of that, you know, in India and China, you already have two billion right there, so. That's a huge population just in those places. So mm-hmm. maybe it's not. I don't know. Mm. I already feel like I have a... <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> cool. Thanks for inviting me here, Kyle. <laughs> Great. Oh, this is set up. Yeah, this is how it's set up. We're going to be stuck in this room. Yeah, we're quarantined in this room now. At least you brought a guitar. Yeah, <laughs> We yeah, can write some exactly. tunes. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so um, you're a, a local musician. Mm-hmm. Um, you play in a few bands mm-hmm. in the area, um, but I guess let's uh, start from the beginning. Uh, Wait, what do you play? I play guitar mostly. I sing and I write music. I play, you know, I could dabble on other things and do a terrible impression of a drummer, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I that, play bass in a couple things too. Was that the first instrument that you? played no i actually played piano when i was like when i was much younger and i remember because i was i was a just kind of a total jerk of a child <laughs> and so my mom like she was like always trying to find things for me to do so i would like leave the house for a little bit because i was just you know um so she like she one of her friends like did something with piano or something so she'd like send me to their house once in a while and i freaking hated it really? like it was like the worst experience of my life like i remember and like i had like this little keyboard that i'd have to go home and practice on yeah and i eventually figured out that they're like the presets like that you just press the preset and it just plays music mm-hmm. so like after like a year of doing it i just like kind of because my mom would be like oh you got to go play this like this is your like like your oh, homework no. or something yeah and i just sit in the back like turn it down <laughs> a little bit and put the presets on <laughs> and just hang out which is funny that like oh. you know i don't know <laughs> But wow. so I mean, like I, I did not like it. I was, I, so it was like really painful for me. Did your parents ever figure that out? Were they like your progress is stopped? Eventually, eventually they figured it out because they like, like my mom would be like, oh, like that sounds really good. That's weird because you were just <laughs> <laughs> twenty minutes ago you were just like plunking around, yeah. and now all of a sudden you're playing Mozart. Like yeah. this doesn't make too much sense. Yeah. So I think they eventually caught on to it. Yeah. Um, but that would have been funny if you hit one and it had like the fake like 80s casio no like, some drum of them beat. were like that yeah, <laughs> yeah they were like that yeah they're like some of them were like that kind like of that stuff. sounds so, like a drum yeah some of them were like that so i mean it wasn't like a it wasn't a really long time that that i was doing that i mean it was i was really young too i was like six mm. six years old and that was your it, first instrument yeah but or? i mean it clearly didn't it did not take at all so yeah. it wasn't until like I think I was probably like 11 when like my friends started playing guitar and then I was like, Oh, that's right. Like, like I'd never like with piano, I think like I never connected the fact that like, I like this music, this instrument can make this music. Mm. Like for me, it was just like, here's a piano and like, they're teaching me like these songs that I don't care about. Mm -hmm. And like, here's music that I like, but I was also like six, seven. So what kind of music do you like? Six or You know what I mean? Like nobody likes cool music, but you know, so then I was like 11, 12 and I was starting to get into music. And then all of a sudden, like I saw some friends doing it and I was like, Oh, 
like then like they connected for me otherwise it was just like it didn't make sense mm-hmm. i was like why am i doing this you know mm-hmm. and then so, so you started playing guitar around that would be like middle school age yeah i was in i think i was like in sixth grade and like i didn't even really care about it to begin with like to be honest and it was but <laughs> but then like i had two really good friends and they were both like really into it so it was like one of those things like when you're a kid like you either like find other friends or you have to like also yeah, like what they yeah. like you know what i mean like yeah. it would be the same with like video games or something yeah. you know like you have to like i don't know like it was just like okay well these guys like this so i have to like this right yeah so then i like so they would take so then they started taking guitar lessons and my mom from the previous experience like of me hating piano she's like i'm not paying for guitar lessons because you're just gonna go and put presets in your guitar and sit in the back room like i'm not gonna give you i'm not gonna pay for this yeah so i'd like force my friends to teach me things like so like i'd go over to their house and like like i'd make them teach me the song that they just had just learned or whatever like while we were yeah so that's like kind of like how I started like actually realizing that music can be fun and not just like this painful, tedious, tedious yeah. task. Like, yeah. <laughs> what was the first stuff you were playing with your friends? Oh man, I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, well, one of my friends, Blake, and he was really into like, he was into stuff that like wasn't really cool at the time. And I think it was like, cause he had an older sister that was like, kind of like what motivated him but he was like really into like Jimi Hendrix and stuff back then yeah which was like I mean that wasn't cool to listen to in like the early 2000s you know what I mean like that just wasn't like popular stuff but I know like I mean like around that time like you had like some like more famous like bands that were kind of famous around then that like had like guitar stuff or we would figure out the riff for it. Like, like Eminem had a whole bunch of stuff that had like, you could kind of riff along on guitar with it. Yeah. Or like, um, like I know this, I feel kind of ridiculous saying this, but like Linkin Park or something, you know what I mean? Like there were some of those bands that like, there was like guitar music that was like popular. So it was kind of like, we could at least like, you know, you could, like I'm saying, you could associate like, like this action of playing this instrument with something that you actually enjoy. Mm you know so that was kind of but yeah so i mean like but they were really into like so then through like through him and through my other friend like like we kind of like started exploring all kinds of like stuff that was definitely not like it was not like the popular stuff so it was a lot of like 60s psychedelic kind of stuff i guess Mm -hmm. but then also you know they had like all the like the pop punk and stuff and that was like pretty big back then so that was kind of like all that kind of stuff mixed together so it was really like all over the place it wasn't like one thing that you know yeah but when did you first start playing in a band it was probably around that time it was with them so we must have been oh man i don't even know i must have been like 12 13 okay so eventually we, who did we get? Oh yeah, so then eventually we, it was the three of us, and it was just the three guitarists because all of us were like, all of us refused to like play bass because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't cool. cool yeah. You know, like just in that group, yeah. like it was just like, oh, we all learned guitar, so we're all going to play guitar. So yeah. three guitarists. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we did that for quite a long time, just the three, three guitarists. And then we eventually... Oh yeah, through it was just like through like multiple different other people. Cause then one of my friends moved to another side of town, and he started going to another school. 
So then from people from this other school, we met some people that played other instruments. We met some drummers, and so then we started building it and piece by piece putting things together. Yeah. So. What was your first band called? Do you remember? Uh, Bad Moon. That was the first. Bad Moon. I guess that was well. That was like the first like thing that I would call like a band. Like a band that played somewhere. Yeah. You know? We called Bad Moon after the CCR song. Bad Moon Rising. Yeah. yeah. Bad Moon Rising. Yeah. Um, where did you guys play at that age? I mean, were you playing at uh, bars? Yeah. Like no, of course not. You can't <laughs> play in bars. We were like 13, 14. Um, we played in like like they had like YMCA shows and they had like Battle of the Bands and stuff yeah. like that. So we always found like we always found something like to do. Yeah. And actually, I mean, like, so I grew up in Sheboygan and actually it's kind of funny because growing up, like it was like a relatively interesting, like for a small town, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's like, I'm not comparing it to like Los Angeles, yeah. <laughs> but it was an interesting music scene because like everyone played different stuff and like, but everyone would like get these little shows together and, yeah. um, and then it's funny because as I got older, like, so I have a younger brother, he's about five years younger and like all that stuff had disappeared by the time he was that age. So the it's really is, strange. Yeah, you know? So it was like gone. five years before there was like so many bands and so many, but it was like tons of different music. You know, it's like, it wasn't just like, like, I don't know. It wasn't just rock music. I mean, like there were guys like that were that like kind of doing like hip hop kind of stuff. There were guys doing like, like really like off the wall kind of jazz stuff. I guess this is now I'm moving farther in towards like high school, like when I was yeah. in high school. Guys doing kind of like noise rock, a lot of like, because grindcore was really big then too. So guys doing grindcore. We were doing kind of like, I, don't know, I guess like psychedelic kind of rock by then. But. What do you attribute to the collapse of the scene up there? I don't know. I, I, th- I think it happened in a lot of places during that time because I don't know. I guess like if you think about it, that was kind of around the time that like a lot of the guitar rock stopped being popular just in general, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of things shifted towards, Pop I guess, I guess we're still kind of, we're still kind of in that a little bit where it's like the electronic, you know, electronic, like EDM, I guess is what the whole thing altogether kind of like, it kind of took up, you know, and this is a subjective opinion if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Right? Yeah. It kind of took up the space. I feel like that was, occupied by previous music mm-hmm. you know but that's an interesting you know. actual that's an interesting thought because i've never thought of it that way but i agree that was like the time when everything i feel like all the scenes everywhere shrunk well and i can so moving back to like milwaukee and this neighborhood here on the east side so i first moved here when i was 18 so this is 28 uh no 20 jesus 2010 maybe 2009 no 2008 this is 2008 so when i moved here um the first year there were like some like basement shows like around the east side and there was like a lot of rock bands and stuff and we'd go to like these shows and and hang out yeah and then that year i saw you know pretty lights yeah yeah so we saw pretty lights at the miramar theater and it it was like six dollar tickets and he played with a live drummer and it was really cool because like at that time like 
nobody had seen that. Like, yeah. That which is I, I'm. It's making me feel old when I'm talking about <laughs> this now because anybody who's like a little yeah. younger than me is like, are you serious? But like, like from Milwaukee at least, like nobody had seen like a live drummer with like somebody doing that. Yeah. Like that was really crazy, right? And it was a fantastic show. I mean, like we had a blast. And around that time, like all of these basement shows started switching to like there weren't so many bands, and now there were like these DJs, and that was really cool. Like it was really fun because the music was. I guess it was kind of like the dubstep, you know, kind of thing was like really big then. Um, but it was cool. It was really unique and it was really like, it was kind of an exciting time, like to just, like to just experience it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and see something new happen. Yeah. And then the next year, I remember uh, Pretty Lights came to Milwaukee and they were playing at the rave for like $45 tickets. So wow. it was crazy, like from one year to the next, yeah. because then my, my buddy who was like really into it, the a guy that I lived with was like, um, so he's actually kind of the reason that I, and I, I like it, but he like kind of like convinced me to go to the Pretty Lights thing and we loved it. We had a blast. And then he was like, the next year he's like, oh yeah, let's go see Pretty Lights again. And I looked at it, I was like, ah, <laughs> it's a little hard for me to justify when yeah. I just saw it in like a cool intimate setting for six bucks the year before, you yeah, know, and now I'm paying totally. $45 to go to the rave, you know, like. <laughs> Not not as cool, you know. It's crazy that you say that too, because um, the Miramar since that time I think has gotten more into electronic. Yeah, I know. That, I know they do live stuff too, but it's, it seems like a lot of like yeah. EDM stuff. Um, speaking of which, another big band now that I I saw at the Miramar, um, Green Sky Bluegrass. Um, I've, I've heard the name, but I haven't listened to them. Yeah. I saw them for maybe 10 bucks at the Miramar in 2009 or 10. And now I think they're, I mean, I saw them at the Paps recently. I mean, they're big now. Mm -hmm. They just did their whole, they did a three night New Year's run at the Paps. Or maybe it was the Riverside. Mm. But it's like, it's yeah, weird. Yeah, playing at the Riverside, I mean, that's like... Like that's that's where the yeah that's where the money is apparently yeah. <laughs> playing music because there's not money in <laughs> too many things but there's definitely yeah. money apparently if you if you can get a gig at Riverside Riverside so, so. Um, okay so then you moved to Milwaukee from Sheboygan mm -hmm. what was what was your music like at that point <sighs> well I didn't to be honest like I didn't. There's too many like ins and outs of this story. So I played, I played in a band that was like kind of like a, well, like I played in like kind of a, like a bluesy kind of rock thing, and then I did like a psychedelic kind of rock thing, and then when I moved here, the drummer of that band, well, there was just there was a lot of like things that happened, and so we didn't have a drummer for a while, and then. I wasn't really playing in any groups for probably like a year. This is during the same period that I'm talking about it too. So it was like I wasn't playing in bands. Yeah. I was just kind of like, you know, doing doing stuff other than music. I don't know. So then um, eventually, though, I played with uh, this female singer out of Sheboygan. She did like kind of like old blues classics. I kind of like, I guess... It's not really like if you you know who Billie Holiday is. Mm -hmm. She did kind of like a more rockin' version of like Billie Holiday kind of stuff. Um, so it's kind of jazzy, kind of bluesy kind of stuff. So I played with her and we we did a couple like little tour things like around Wisconsin. We went down to Memphis and played a couple shows. Um, 
saw saw BB King at his place, which is kind of cool, actually. Oh. But <laughs> yeah, well, so I don't know. What I mean, was that it was, like? It was it was okay. Like it was a good experience. Um, but I think, and I don't, I don't want to say anything like too negative about it because the a lot of people surrounding us like they helped us quite a lot, like get gigs and like, and we I mean we did make like we made money, which is crazy. I mean like. So there was a summer, I think it was, it was, was I 21? I wasn't quite 21 maybe, but I paid like all my rent and all my bills, like just doing tour stuff with them over the course of one summer. So that was like kind of cool. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird, like making enough money to like, like yeah. pay your like living expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there were people involved in kind of like this blues scene, right? Mm-hmm. And they kind of had a vision about what blues was. Yeah. And it was like they were kind of like elevating it and preserving it like in this museum, you know, yeah, is what it felt like-, like. And she wasn't she wasn't like kind of digging what they were trying to like sell us on. Because yeah. we went to the studio and we tried to do some stuff. And I don't know, I was just too much of a, a kind of just punk about it and I started getting pissed about it and then the drummer that I was playing with got pissed about it and then like we all just kind of like we were like this isn't you know what I mean it's like it's I guess that sounds like it sounds kind of like I don't want to sound like I don't know like a little bit egotistical like you're making money you're doing what you like but it's like you're kind of being forced to do something so then we're just like fuck fuck it you know yeah yeah I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like we, like honestly, like had he had, and not with me, but she was like fantastic. Like, had she kept with it, right? Like, she would have definitely made a career out of it. But it was just like, yeah. So she eventually called it, like, and she was like, "Yeah, we're not doing this anymore." Like, or like, I'm not doing this anymore because it's just becoming too much of, like, like it was like being like it was like like I don't know. Was it political? Like, no, no, no. It was like we were like parodying. It was like it was like we were a parody of blues music by the end of it. Like instead of us like trying to turn it into our own thing. Oh, like the purists tried to force you. I, mean, I guess they were purist, but I mean I wouldn't consider them purists because like I'm I really like like really. Although I mean that's that connects us back to UWM is like so, I'm really into like the really early turn of the century kind of turn of the, the other century. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I wonder if anybody younger than than us is listening to this, and they think turn of the century is like 2000 to 2001. Is that possible now? We're in 2020 now. Hmm. But when I say turn of the century, I'm talking about I'm talking about like 1800s to 1900s. So there's really interesting musical history that happened yeah. around them with like blues. And I like if you want to be a blues purist, like you'd be you know somebody who's into like Sun House, maybe, or like yeah. some of the guys that are even older than Sun House, you know. Um, but like their version of like blues purist was like, I don't know, just like kind of like British guys in the 60s playing blues music. And uh, I was like, well, what? Like, that's not really what, you know what I mean? It's just like, well, that's not that's really. not like the root of I know, yeah, but, but like that's, they acted like that was like the root of it. And I was like, well, this is just kind of goofy. Like, yeah. you know, like it's kind of really backwards. And I was like, I was a, you know, I was young then too, but even I knew that like, that wasn't yeah, but they like, were. they just acted like, you know, if we're not going to play this style of music, then like, and if you're not going to play like 
the guitar like this, and you're not going to play the bass like this, and she's not going to sing like this, and we're not going to play like A, B, and C 1960s blues classics, then we're not going to get gigs, is like how they acted. And it was like, retrospectively, we should have just like given them the middle finger and just gone and done our own thing. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. It's hard, though. It, yeah, and it was just like, so everyone just kind of was like, screw it. And then, I mean, I didn't, yeah, so I don't know. It just we've, happened like that. We've talked to another musician we've had on. Uh, shout out to Josh. Shout out, Josh. About um, kind of like how, and we didn't talk about the exact same thing, but, you know, the scenes mm-hmm. and how they kind of, you know, sometimes there's, they're not as good. You know, like sometimes there's people like that who want to bring it, down or sometimes you can't get shows because of something like that Mm -hmm. because you don't fit one or one or the other yeah or you don't check a b and c box or something yeah yeah essentially or you know certain things like that i mean retrospectively we could have probably still done something and just said you know i mean it's you know it's just a couple of old guys in milwaukee that were like forcing us to do this it was like we didn't have to you know but we did what we did yeah the past now she lives in alaska so that's sequoia virgin by the way she's like fantastic and if she she ever listens to this i want her to start doing music again she lives in she lives in alaska now like somewhere in the middle of the woods she just told me a story about how she was raising huskies in some like electricity less cabin like in the middle of alaska and i was like oh okay so so you're not you're not not gonna convince you anytime soon to move back down here and play music so Sequoia, if you're listening. Sequoia, if you, if you ever it. listen to this. Yeah. Yeah, but she, she's great, so yeah, we still talk. But. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so the blues thing didn't work. Yeah. Well, and then, so then, are we, you know, are we going past this? And Yeah, yeah, I mean, what? I didn't play music for a long time then because I, I lived overseas. So I'd gra- I graduated from here at UWM, like, shortly after that. Mm. So we, so I... Uh, got my degree and I went to Taiwan and China and Japan and I was just out of the country for like a long time so did you ever try and play music over there I had an acoustic guitar um, but I don't I didn't really do anything yeah like it I don't even know if I have any maybe I wrote a song (laughs) in like five years that I was like in between living over there maybe I wrote a song I don't know did you see like was do a lot of shows go there? I mean, was there an appetite for the kind of music you enjoyed? That that was also, so especially when I moved to Taiwan, was like that was when the explosion of like EDM was like really, really full, big. Full yeah, force, like yeah. full force of it. Because like anywhere you went, and it was like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad. Well, I mean, there was, of course, there was <laughs> bad stuff, you know, like I'm not, I mean, but like the the club scene there was like, pretty fun like it, it was fun yeah um and then also in uh yeah and that was the whole time really that i lived overseas and it wasn't the last place i lived was uh japan which was 2017 so that's oh jesus three years ago already so three years ago i lived in japan and uh japan but japan's a very different like they're, they're so eclectic man like the music scene there is just like it's craziness like it's just like 
like I don't know it's just like everything like like there was a group that was really big when I was there called Baby Metal and it's like it's like these like like if you heard K-pop do you know what K-pop is I've heard like one okay so K-pop is like it's especially over there it's huge like that's the thing is K-pop yeah and it's just like like female singers with like really like what I think are like voices that are like too high like do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, can, you can hear what you know what I'm talking about. It's like, ah, like that's what the, I don't know. But that was a terrible impersonation. <laughs> I'm sorry for Eddie Cave. <laughs> listening to this. But, the but, purists are out the there. Purists, uh, <laughs> but so it's a group of like these like these these three like very innocent like looking and sounding like female vocalists, and then there's just like this crazy metal music behind it, like just like just like tearing away like yeah. ultimate like thrash, somewhere between huh. thrash and grindcore. So like so, I mean they're just did that like they like crazy things. <laughs> so, I was, so it was really like so that was a really big band when I was there. I didn't get to see them live, but I saw like other bands that were kind of like playing off of yeah. that whole thing, which was kind of just I don't know. So yeah, so that was it wasn't like Nothing there was, was like you know stuff that I could really latch onto necessarily. It was more of just like fun, you know. So this, you know. So that's that. Where did you all live to just uh, touch? Um, so I first, when I left here in 2013, I went to Taiwan. That's where I lived first, and I really like Taiwan, and I think it's like. Shout out to any of my friends that are still there because it's a gorgeous place and it's a super underrated place. Um, so I went to Taiwan. Then I How was the food in Taiwan? The food in Taiwan is good. It's better than the food in China. I'll say that, just <laughs> objectively speaking. It's it's you know it's it's probably a little different than you think, but it, it is good. Um, There's a place in LA I went to called Pine and Crane. That was Taiwanese. Okay. It's all right. Yeah. More like, yeah, it was, I mean, I don't know if it was as authentic as it would be in Taiwan. Yeah, but like, who knows, yeah. Definitely like lighter than Chinese food. Chinese yeah, it food is. Chinese so yes. heavy and like, oh, American Chinese food. Yeah, at least. yeah. Um, no, but I think it's cool a, though. But that's a fair assessment though. Taiwanese food is in general lighter than, mm-hmm. the, than Chinese food. But I mean, there's similarities, but it's not all the same, you know, obviously. Interesting. Um, and actually, like, as an interesting, like, I didn't, I didn't really listen to much like music when I, like I didn't go and see bands and stuff when I was living there which is I, I probably should have I'm a little bit you know I'm a little regretful that I didn't yeah, you know that yeah. instead I just like but you know I was really busy I worked like six days a week and stuff so it was really hard for me to to like go out and really do stuff but um, there was this one time we were hiking in the mountains and there was like we heard this music like in the distance and it's, it was like this really like like we're in the mountains and it's like this cloud forest kind of thing and like we just hear this music coming through the clouds and we're like what the heck is that and there's an there's an old guy that just comes walking down like the like the stairs and he's got his he's got his dog and we're like what the heck was that like what was that music and like as he's walking up to us like he's got like you know like if you had like this little blades of grass oh mm-hmm. yeah and you blow into it like between your thumbs and yeah. you blow mm-hmm. into it and it makes like the buzzing sound he was like playing like a full freaking like 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 all the notes like just with his like little blade of grass in his thumb it was actually a piece of grass i don't know i mean that's what oh, it looked like yeah i don't know if he had like something else but he was doing you know like the same way that you that yeah. we you know that you huh. you know yeah. when you're a kid yeah like and that. i was just like what 
and like it just blew my mind. So yeah. in terms of, so if you want to ask me about music there, like that's the <laughs> that's the thing I'll think about is like yeah. man, like that like some old guy. I have no idea. Grass. I don't know. Maybe there's some secret to it that like that. But I've never heard that anywhere else. But it was like he's like playing like a, you know like a full song. Isn't there like an instrument in like Tennessee? It's like a, a rubber band. You yeah, know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, and that's what it kind of reminded me of because okay. they can play like a full song with that thing. Too, yeah, and it's like know? a mouth thing with the rubber band. Yeah, and like I don't know how it works. Oh, My mom like got me one when I was a kid. Yeah, like a mouth harp kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, but it, this one looked like even like it might have had some like wood attached to it too. But it looked like he just had like you know. But it was craziness. What was he playing? Like, I mean, did it sound like a traditional Yeah, like, it, sound, yeah okay. it sounded like if you can... I mean, I don't know. I guess that sounds kind of stereotypical. But if you think, like, traditional, like, you know, Eastern, you know... Asian, some Asian sort of music, Asian yeah. Music. So, I mean, I didn't... I don't know a ton about the... I don't know a ton about, like, the whole differences of the music culture there. But, yeah. Yeah. But it, I was just, like, totally blown away. So, yeah, that was... I guess that's... <laughs> The best I have to say about it. So you were in Taiwan, you said China, Japan. Yeah, so then I went to China and I was finishing my my master's degree while I was there too. And then I, um, so I was going to school and I was teaching there. I was I was also really busy in China too. And then I went to Vietnam for a bit and I worked there and then uh, different parts of China that I traveled to. And then years later I went to Japan and Korea. So... Which was the best? <laughs> hard know. to say. Yeah, it's really hard for me to say. Depends right. what you want. I mean, like, Vietnam for the food, easily. Easily, easily. Yeah. Um, for the comfort of living, probably Japan. But, I don't know, Taiwan's like, it's in my heart because it's like the first time I ever, like, lived in another country, so... Mm. So after all that, you come back home. Well, actually, to be honest, yeah. So after Japan and Korea, then I came back and like that was my my goal was like there was like something missing that I was like I was like I don't know like it was just like I needed to do something. Yeah. And so what did you do? Well, because it was so hard to get music going. So when I was in Japan, a friend of mine who she actually plays in a band in Texas now, um, but she was playing out. And she convinced me to come out once or twice in Japan. And I came out and I like played songs, but I was so like checked out of the whole. Yeah. I don't know. Like it was just like I wasn't motivated, but I was motivated. And then it, like sparked, it sparked me to be like, well, what the what the hell, man? Like, you used to do this. Like, so what happened? So then I came back and, and then, um, I uh, then I played in in my in my Irish, traditional Irish group for the heck of it called Bottle of Ghosts so we still play out sometimes <laughs> yeah ha, um, Sam how and Logan you? if you guys are hearing this we'll, we'll, we'll get some gigs eventually in the sure. future <laughs> how often are you playing with those guys uh, I mean, we, it's kind of a seasonal thing like actually Patty's around thing. this time of year is when, when we had been playing like, yeah um, but to be honest I mean so it wasn't like it, it is I really do like Irish music I yeah. mean like it's, it's got a it's got really interesting elements to it and like the the coolest thing about it for me was the fact that um, like it forced me to learn because we you know we play like these like <laughs> although a couple of years ago we played like some eight nine ten hour marathon session that was just like it was insanity on really? St. Patrick's Day and it's just like where drunk. was that 
we played at multiple different venues, uh-huh. but it was like, I mean, if you've ever played like an eight hour gig, yeah. like literally it's like jogging in place for eight hours. Like it is motherfucking exhausting. Like yeah. it is ridiculous. Yeah. Like I never, you know, like there was the first time I'd ever agreed cause we played like, I think we played like four hours at one place, four hours at another place. So we played at, um, Shit, what did we play? I can't even remember the first place we played. We played at Olydia's after that, because that, that's when I remember, like, really just <laughs> crashing really hard. We played, like, four hours, and then, you know, the, uh, the manager, I can't remember his name at the moment, but came up to us and said, uh, why don't you guys play another two hours? We'll give you, like, an extra, like, $1,000. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. you know, here we go. So, yeah. so banging away. For yeah. So I guess, yeah, it was probably, like, 10 hours straight of playing music. So it was, like... I mean, like, that was the most exhausting thing I've ever done in my life. Like, honestly, like... Yeah, it was worth it, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the money was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> makes you think differently about the music. But the, the biggest benefit of that is, like, it really... Because we play these massive marathon gigs, like, it forced me to learn a bunch of, like, songs and, like, remember lyrics. And it, it seems kind of tedious. And it is a little bit. But, like, it's it's almost like like doing Sudoku for your brain. Like, it's like, so if you want to be good at math, you do Sudoku. And if you want to like, be good at like envisioning music in your head, Mm -hmm. like just try to learn a bunch of songs and lyrics to the songs because like, I don't know, like over time, like it's like, I've got this like expansive weird thing that I can remember like loads and loads of lyrics now because I forced myself into doing this. And it's like, normally I don't think I do ever in a million years be able to like remember this but it was just like you know so yeah so it, it comes with benefits and then there's like then like we played with like like if you play jigs and stuff you play in like these different time signatures and stuff like I, we were messing around with that the other day yeah but like these different time signatures where you're gonna like you're gonna play like in three four or like in six eight which are just time signatures that like are not popular in western music in general right now I mean like or, I mean, music in general, right? I mean, like, yeah. nobody plays waltzes. Like, yeah, no. When's the last time you went, uh, you know? Yeah. You know, occasionally a band will, like, go into it for a second, then yeah. right back to 4-4, four, four, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. But, like, that's just not a thing anymore. So, so like, it was really cool to, like, have to learn that and now to have, like... So, I don't know. So that was the Irish group. Yeah. Or, the, or he is, still. I mean, we, we're still together. It's just... <laughs> There's, there's like kind of a long story with it. So we we played some, we used to play gigs around this time, but then the bars have thus closed that we used to play at. So uh. we're kind of in like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, now we have to like start from scratch one and like try to pick up a, pick up the pieces again. So it, which is different than playing in original bands, like especially yeah, playing in original bands, it's like you just need to have a couple other bands, you know, and like you guys work, you work together and find gigs and they're all over the city. Whereas this, it's more like seasonal and you have to have all your specific venues and contacts like in a row. So, Uh, so from there, um, you were in a few other bands. I mean, I know we're getting, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do, I record with this, um, this guy called David Rangel, he's, he's in the System Lights, which is a band out of Minneapolis that's like since come down here. So we do, we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, 
where I'm in the studio kind of playing guitar with him. And we've, we've written probably 10 to 15 songs that were kind of, I mean, it, it's a slower process. We're trying to get like, it's kind of like recording first, live music afterwards, which is different than like the other stuff. Yeah. You know, so. And then we bring it to present day. Yeah, which is with Wolves with Virginia and yeah, sounds. Yeah. <laughs> so Wolves, how did the Wolves with Virginia start? Well, do you guys know Linnemans was mm-hmm. West End? So oh, yeah. this is for like years and years and years. I've been going to Linnemans, like uh, just bringing my acoustic guitar and just hanging out and like, you know. Yeah. Which, I mean, this, this connects us to UWM. So the reason I first went there is there was a guy called Martin Jack Rosenblum who was a an instructor here and he taught the uh, I think it was called like American popular music and everyone it's an amazing class oh yeah, yeah you, you, I you, took you, it, oh yeah. okay was he there still no I had uh, uh, Jillian Rogers I oh that's a shame I think he might have too. he might have passed away by I think he did then. yeah uh, weren't you saying that like I think so yeah. one of my friends one of but, my other but I mean he's a legend man so like any yeah, Heisel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a legend, man. So anybody who came, like anybody who walked through the doors of UWM, mm-hmm. like that actually got a chance to meet him, like the guy's a legend. Yeah. I mean, so his band, like back in the day, they played, they went on tour with the Violent Femmes and all kinds of oh, stuff. Nice. So, oh, wow. so he, um, but he he's just like a very seminal figure, like because, um, well, everyone took American popular music. I, I don't want to, like, I don't know if this is true for you, but mm. when I was there, everyone took it because it was known as the easy, the easy arts class to oh. take. <laughs> so everyone took it. Yeah. But, and, you know, I thought that's what it was, was going to be. And it actually wasn't. It, it was a little more yeah. difficult than I thought the course yeah. was going to be. But I was like, I got so into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was really, really into it. Yeah, and I was like, too. I was like, this is really cool, exciting stuff. Like, it was really... I don't know. It was just like things that I hadn't thought about before and like mm-hmm. histories that are, you know, that we've kind of like in our modern day, we've rewritten the history of it or not necessarily rewritten, but we just kind of like twist it. To yeah. You know, like we just have a different way of thinking about the history of the evolution. But if you actually go back to the time, like you mm-hmm. see, you see it in a different light. And I was really interested in this. So the next session that I had I had to I don't remember the exact story for some reason I had to take like another arts class or something like that I don't remember the whole I don't remember why I did it but there was a course that was like something something song writing or something like this with with him Hmm. and I took the course like just kind of like out of like almost necessity because I was like oh yeah he seemed like a really cool interesting you know, professor, maybe I should just see what his other courses are like. So I went there and it was like, <laughs> it wasn't much of a class. It was mostly just like a bunch of people like just that brought their songs and they'd sit around in a circle and like play, you know, like play music. Uh, and yeah. I was like, well, this is a pretty cool <laughs> class. I'm getting a credit for this that I need. So I was yeah. like, heck yeah. So, so we took this course and uh, uh, I met a ton of people through it that still play out in Milwaukee and stuff. And one of the guys that I met there, uh, Robert Wellnack, he actually, I've, I have no idea what he's doing with music, but he had been going to Linneman's, so he dragged me over to Linneman's. So we'd been going there for like, this is like at least 10 years I've been going there. But I would, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say this, but well, I could say it like this. So I'd get off work. So I used to work at the Metro Market downtown mm. and I worked in the meat department and it would be like the middle of winter and like, 
and I had like, cause you have to have like a tie and like, at least at the time and like a white shirt and like black dress pants. But like when oh, I, when yeah. I had to hose down, when I had to hose down like all the stuff, like at Metro market, like all my stuff would get like soaking wet. So I'd have like these just like, but in like working in the meat department too. So I'd have like these splatters of like meat, like on me yeah, like. and like just wet pants. <laughs> and like, I'd get off the bus. Like, cause I, I lived, I lived like on the East side at the time. And I get off the bus and like walk there and meet Rob at, uh, at Linneman's. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just like, I just looked like a ridiculous human being, like covered in meat scraps. And then he and I were, I mean, we were kind of, you know, we kind of went a little too far. So we just hang out there and you know, I wasn't, I was young. Yeah. So, but we just get drunk and then like, <laughs> we never got there in time for the sign up cause I'd, I'd got yeah. there at like, we'd show up at like 1130 midnight. <laughs> And then we'd finally go on stage at like one, two, something like, I don't think it was quite two because they yeah. just shut it down by then. But it was, I don't know. So I mean, like we were kind of jerks about it. We were just kind of like screwing around, but yeah. But so it, like, I don't know, just over the years, like I know Jim Linneman really well. He's a fantastic guy and he does great things. Like just in general, he does great things for musicians throughout the city. I mean, mm-hmm. he's like always like, he's like one of those, those guys that's like, you know, here's somebody starting out. We have no idea if they're going to draw anyone through the door, but I'm still going to like book them for a show kind of thing, which yeah. is like becoming hard, harder it's and harder. Yeah. And, and I don't blame every venue. You know, I don't blame venues for saying like, like you're a new band. Like we don't think you can bring people. So mm-hmm. we're not going to book you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, business is business to some extent. But he's, you know, he's always been one of those guys, like, at least to me and to other people I know that, is, that he's been like, oh, no, yeah, come on, like, <laughs> we're going to book you and we'll see what happens, you know, kind of thing. So. We got to get him on the podcast. Oh, yeah, Jim, <laughs> if you're listening, we need you on the podcast. Probably a lot of people bring up Jim, Lin- Jim Linneman on these. Yeah. Um, we haven't had too many yeah. musicians. You might be the second, second one. Oh, yeah, okay. I can talk to him for you if you, if you want Yeah, me to. that'd be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk, to talk to him. To him. Actually, he'd, he'd probably be happy to do it. Um, but so in any event, um, so we w- had been going there for years and years and years. And I mean, it's kind of cool there because the scene is never the same. Like, it's changed so drastically, like, from when I was going there 10 years ago to now. Yeah. Like, so when I was going there, like, I mean, I don't know. I was just banging away on, on an acoustic guitar, like basically taking like really old electric songs that I had, like trying to play them acoustically, which, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't always work, you know? Yeah. So we do stuff like that. And then like, um, and, but like at the same time, like there would be like, like this New Orleans jazz band would somehow like show up sometimes. It's like a 12 piece band would just jump on the stage at it. Oh, this is an open mic, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned this. <laughs> at an open mic. And it's just like, what? And then, like, somebody would go up there and just, like, play bongos and do, like, beat poetry afterwards. <laughs> and then you get, like, this, like, like really gentle, like, harp, like, yeah. you know, like, female singer-songwriter after yeah. it. And then after that, you'd get, like, some guy with, like, an electric guitar just, like, screaming into it. And it's just, yeah. like, it was just mass chaos. It was just, like, but it was really fun. So I've just been going there, like, for years and years. And probably about two years ago, I'm getting back to our story. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a huge tangent. I met Riley at uh, yeah. at one of the open mics, and um, you know he was doing stuff that I really liked. So we started talking, and I was like, "You know, what are you trying to do with this?" And he was like, 
Oh, I don't know. Like, and he told me he just came, came from L.A. and stuff. And, you know, well, I'll talk. We'll get Riley on here eventually, and he'll <laughs> tell you the, the full story. But so he had just come from L.A. And, like, I don't know. We we talked about music and stuff, and we kind of liked the same stuff. And he was playing with, like, a keyboard player, Joe. And I can't remember Joe's last name at the moment, but... Um, he was playing with him and he said, well, you know, maybe we want like a guitar on this. And I was like, well, I'm not really like, I'm not much of like a singer songwriter, but I can play guitar. <laughs> so do you, do you want to like, just see if it works? Yeah. So we started playing and then we Craigslisted the, the rest of the band together, which is always an interesting experience. But yeah. actually we got, we got really lucky with that group because I've Craigslisted for like other, you know, other random projects and you have no idea. <laughs> like, yeah. But I mean, that's kind of the fun of it. Like, you would have never, you know. Like, I think I asked Rob, Rob, the drummer of Wolves with Virginia the other day. I said, so, like, how did you, like, why did you f- reply to it? Or, like, how did this happen? Like, yeah. and he was like, well, I was looking, like, he had just quit his job, and he was looking for a new job, and he got sick of, like, all the, the BS posts that he saw. So he was just like, oh, I just wonder what's going on in musicians. And we happen to be like, the first one and he's like oh okay i'll try it so it's just you know it's it's oh, wow. like that's the kind of random stuff that yeah. you get with craigslist like you yeah. would never get any you know so it's that's kind of the beauty of it is you get people that are like you know not really even looking necessarily yeah. but they just randomly happen to like see oh i wonder what's going on in milwaukee and yeah um when is the next gig for you guys it's mm-hmm. coming up this week right march 7th yeah we play oh we got a whole we got a big schedule let me look at my schedule here we got a March seventh one, that Where is, is at uh, Enlightened Brewery, and this mm-hmm. is going to be a really cool show because we've got it's us and then this band As Oak, uh, which we that was our first couple gigs we played with As Oak, um, and we were playing like almost kind of like acoustic sets, which is funny because now we've like full rock. Yeah, it's like yeah. a full rock show, but so we were playing acoustic sets kind of with them. Um, and then there's a band called Wise Jennings that is a fantastic band, and they're it's a husband-wife uh, duo. That's like I, you know, they're kind of like this garage rock thing with just like these fantastic, like, vocal like harmonies and arrangements that they got going, and they they do really great things. So they're doing like these big like, they've got like these charity events that they do, and they have like they're doing some music festivals now, mm-hmm. like throughout the summer. They're from like the Lake Geneva area, so. Um, so that's Wise Fest is what that's called. Um, so they're the headliner band there, and they're they're just a fantastic band. Like they're great people. Yeah. They've supported a, like they they've got their own venue as well too down in like Geneva called something. Insert edit here <laughs> uh, that we played at. But they're really great people, and they're doing great things to support like just. Musicians that, all over the place. Is that like the Lake Geneva Music Hall or something? I, House I remember. Of music, maybe? House of Music? Yeah, I think Lake that Geneva House right. of Music. Yeah. So we're playing with them at Enlightened Brewery on the 7th. Um, then we're playing in Madison at Bo's Meadery on the 20th. Then we got uh, Bremen Cafe Show on the 3rd of April. And then we're playing the next day at some mysterious basement house party that we don't know anything about it's a friend of the i think it's a friend of the drummer that was like hey you want to come play at this yeah basement show but apparently i didn't know this but like the basement things are like that's a big thing now 
Like there's a whole bunch yeah. of basement shows in River West popping up, which I'm really excited about That's because cool. like they're like semi venues now. Yeah. Oh. Like so it's not just like these random like, it's not like a house party. Things. No, it's yeah. like every weekend. And it's crazy because when I first moved to River Rust for the first time, like probably seven, eight years ago, there were a couple of them there. And now they've like really, but then, you know, then I moved back there about four, well, I guess this, these timelines aren't really matching up very well. <laughs> I've, I've lived there on and off for a long time, so yeah. that's why it's kind of like confusing. But, <laughs> but, you know, about four years ago, like there wasn't, there didn't seem to be that again. Like it seemed like it had kind of all disappeared, but now it's like apparently a thing. So yeah. we're playing a house show on the 4th of April as well. And then we've got some other stuff going on throughout the okay. the rest of the... And then next band, <laughs> Sauce Hounds. Next band, who Kyle's like, this is, when are we getting to this one? <laughs> <laughs> so you're in this great band called Sauce Hounds. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason we're great is because we got a great drum. And that's <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's all percussion. That's the only thing holding it together. Um, Actually, in more ways than one, you're the only thing holding it together. <laughs> Let's not get carried away here. Um, but Sauce Hounds, uh-huh. um, how did that start? Because uh, we, so just as know, full you disclaimer. Interview, you can't interview yourself. Well, <laughs> as a full disclaimer, we do play together in Sauce Hounds, but I, I didn't start with you guys. Yeah, that's true. So how did that start? That started with me and Chase Nicholson of the infamous Ramshackle Shakedown. Yep. Chase, once you listen to this, if, if, if we ever convince this. you to listen to this, <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your butt playing music again. But he, uh, so he and I play, had played in bands like just, you know, sporadically throughout time and jammed and stuff. And he, um, I don't know, it, like it would just be like a day like today. It would be like a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And neither of us had anything to do. And I was like, I'd hit him up and be like, Chase, what are you doing? He'd be like, I don't know, come over and have, play music. And we'd go and have a couple of drinks and he'd, you know, we'd just bang away on the guitars and, you know, like what, you know, what's something that you've been messing with? What's something I've been messing with? Yeah. And so, yeah, so this is also after I came back from Japan too. So this is only, I mean, we'd been, we've been playing for a long time together. For yeah. Over 10 years probably. But um, about, uh, yeah, about a year and a half. What's the month now? What are we, in March already? Yeah. So this was, is it been about a year ago? Probably about a year. About a year ago, maybe a little more, a year ago, a year and a month ago. Um, we um, just started hanging out and playing music. And then he was like, I like this. We should do something with it. And then we grabbed Caleb Oh, so I had, yeah, so I guess well, there's too many, and there's too many complications of this. But we started playing together. Caleb, who I'd played with, and Caleb Osborne, who I'd played with another music, decided that he was going to jump on yep. as well. So it was just like the three of us. And we did, so we did play a couple like small little shows, yeah. just the three of us. And it was kind of funny because it was me on an acoustic guitar, Chase playing like an electric guitar, and Caleb playing a bass. So there was no percussion. Like it was just like, I don't know why, like, there's no, thankfully, there's no, like, there's no recordings of us playing live, because I can't imagine what it sounded like, but it was, it was just in fun, like, yeah. it wasn't, it was never meant to, to be anything, so it was just, like, us hanging out playing, and we, we definitely didn't have a name, <laughs> we, we haven't had a name until quite recently, yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I, it started with just the three of us, like, just hanging out at his place, and 
grew from there. Yeah. Chase. Yeah, and then I, I, don't, I don't even know how they got it, to be honest. Tell me, what's the story? How did they get a hold of you? Because I don't even know this part of the story. That's I just a, know that one day you were there. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a really great question, actually. <laughs> I think, yeah, you guys were trying to get something going, and then they knew I wasn't playing with anyone at the time, so I just jumped on, and then it seemed to fit, at least at the yeah. time. And then there was a couple little changes since then. Yeah, we've had changes since then. Because um, now Chase doesn't play with us and Dave Schaefer does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like that switched and I was interviewing you for a second. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you write all the music pretty much for that. Well, yeah. I should say most of it. At least... I mean, because there's some people have contributed other stuff. Oh yeah, I mean everybody everybody contributes everything to it. I, I mean, like the lyrics and the yeah and the choruses, <laughs> the verses and choruses is kind of yeah. <laughs> that's <you're>, my. <laughs> you um, and so, uh, any sauce hound shows coming up? Yeah, there's a sauce hound sauce hound show on the 14th. Up and under pub, up Brady under, Street. Be Brady there. Street. Nine nine p.m. No cover. Yep, it's nine p.m. No cover. Um, there's a couple other ones going on in the future in May. You got a May 1st circle, a cafe at circle. A. Um, loud library is going to play with us, which is a great local band. Yeah. Um, uh, I've only met one of the guys in person, but they're really great people and they're, they're a great band. So it's going to be really fun. Um, some other friends of ours are going to be joining us. Um, and then we're going to play May 30th going all the way. <laughs> that feels like so long away yeah. to be talking about. But Stay tuned. There are more Stay shows to come. Stay tuned for that one. Somebody else, I'll get somebody else on here to talk about that one. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, is there anything else you want to, I mean, it sounds like we went through your whole musical history there. Yeah, that, maybe that was a little long-winded of me, but I don't know. <laughs> You guys were asking for it. So. Um, you want to shout out any social media? I mean, Wolves with Virginia. Yeah, got, yeah. Find us on. I got. We got a Facebook for Wolves with Virginia, um, and uh, there's a SoundCloud. I don't think we have an Instagram. I'm sure those. You do. Are. Oh, do we? <laughs> uh, yeah, and find us on Instagram. Find Sauce on all three of those as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on the show and. Um, Hopefully we see you on the stage sometime soon. Yeah, we wish everyone the best with the corona. So. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Did I just end that on no. a really sad note? No. no. Yeah, no. <laughs> end it like we started it. Cool. Well, uh, RSP knows, Aiden. Kyle. Jake. Thanks for listening. We'll yep. see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.